Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet hosted by a trio species. Is that from the episode? I don't remember that. They, the Ux, <laughs> they're, they're a duo species. Oh. There's always only over two of them. Just like, there's three of us. So we're... Yeah. Hey, it's the noobs of the Hoopian. <laughs> <laughs> Not every opening is going to be a winner, guys. Yeah. My name is Austin, I'm the Hoopian, these are my sons Corbin and Tripp. And we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who have it. So welcome to episode number 168, covering season 11, episode 10, a.k.a. the finale, a.k.a. The Battle of Ranscore of Kolos. A.K.A. Oh, you way too many A.K.A.s. A.K.A. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Code, be quiet. <laughs> For the uh, Megamind fans out there. Hey, this is the one where the doctor and her... What? What's a boomer voice? <laughs> <laughs> what do boomers sound like? I don't know. I'm supposed to? I'm, a supposed to? I'm, I'm supposed to affect a boomer voice to say, Fam... <laughs> was that it? Was that a boomer voice? I guess. Sure. Fem. Finds a weird orb that it, that is what's left of... Oh, gosh. <laughs> right. That is what's left of a Wait, planet and not... turns out there's eye magic and Tim Shaw for no reason. I that's... can't just know. <laughs> that there is were too what's many... left. There was too many things to fit Okay. That. There's supposed to be like at least Seven one curveball per short, per short <laughs> recap. But when it's all curveballs, it's, it's like... <laughs> What's the audio version of Vertigo? I don't know. Whatever, whatever that like, is, that's what we just gave our listeners. So. Just, that is what's left that's of a planet, and turns out there's eye magic. And you know what's weird is grammatically, there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> except that it should, like, conversationally, it should be finds a weird orb that. No, I don't even know how to say it now. That's what's left of a. Which is what's left? Well, how is I supposed to put Right lane must left right. Anyway, story number 286, <laughs> originally airing December 9th, 2018, to 6.65 million viewers, written by our man Chibs and directed by Jamie Childs, who I believe we talked about last week. Now, under miscellaneous trivia, which we, we haven't had a whole lot of lately, but this was the first New Who series finale to not be set on Earth, even partially. Now, they, 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 they pointed out the fact that we did see Earth. Oh, yeah. But we weren't yeah. on Earth. But according to the Wikia, every New Who finale, season season finale, series finale, has either been set on Earth, which most of them had been set on Earth, or at least had some scene that was on Earth. But we, we didn't go to Earth at all. The camera did, you know, production level, we did. But the characters never went to planet Earth. And this is also the first New Who series finale to not include any classic Who monsters. So remember, we started off this season saying that there were going to be no classic Who monsters. Remember, we talked about that. And oh, yeah. I also wow. erroneously told you every episode was either written or co-written by Chibs, which I don't know where I got that information because it was so wrong. Um, there was like five episodes out of ten that yeah. were not written or co-written by Chibs. Um, but at any rate, this is the because of that, that promise that Chibs made at the outset – There'll be no classic Who monsters this season. That means this is the first series finale to have no classic Who monsters. Now, again, this is one of those times where I think one of the finales, the only like classic Who monster was like incidentally there wow. or something, you know, that kind of thing. Um, like, if, do you remember? Do you remember the the tightrope that we walked about? Every penultimate episode in the Moffat era featured the Cybermen. And the, the way, the only way we got away with it was because on one of the episodes, 
there was like a Cyberman, a broken Cyberman down in yeah. the in the uh, cloisters or something like that. Like they were not the baddie of not. the week, but there yeah. was like a Cyberman arm. <laughs> it still counts. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, apparently some of the times we had to stretch to say that there was a classic who monster referenced in the finale, but not this time, guys, not this time. Oh no, not this time, but it may be too early to get into this, but how did you guys feel about the fact that, uh, we didn't get a classic who villain make a, make a surprise or otherwise appearance in the finale, but we did still have a returning villain in the finale. I was so dumb that he was here. Did you all think it was done? All like right, it. let's let's hang on. Let's hang on to Tim Shaw in general. But I will say that uh, for all of the norms that Chibs was trying to break, I feel like this fell flat because yeah. the finale is always a callback, right? The finale is always, oh, it's going to be the Cybermen or it's going to be most of the time it's going to be the Daleks or yeah. it's going to be some other classic who, you know, callback villain. And this time it's like, oh, no, no, it's not going to be a classic Who callback. No, it's just going to be a callback to this season that (laughs) we're in the middle of or at the end of. Anyways, Um, in the cast, Andinio was played by Phyllis Logan. Uh, Phyllis played Mrs. Hughes in Downton Abbey. Now, Corbin, uh, my next note here says, if Mrs. O'Brien, and he goes, who the heck was Mrs. (laughs) O'Brien? Do you remember in The Witch Finders? Yeah. uh, Becca Savage uh, was played by uh, Siobhan... Finnerin? Finnerman? Finnergan. O'Shaughnessy. I don't know. (laughs) Finnerin or something like that. Anyways, she played Mrs. O'Brien in Downton Abbey. And remember I said of of her, I said, you know, I hate both of her characters that she's ever, that I've ever seen her as, you know, both as Becca Savage and as Mrs. Mrs. Um, O'Brien, that there's like no redeeming qualities to Mrs. O'Brien. She's my least favorite character in all of Downton Abbey and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. If if that is true of Mrs. O'Brien, Mrs. Hughes is the exact opposite. She is um, she's one of the servants, um, but she's like uh, oh I can't think of the title, but she's like the the head I don't know lady downstairs. So like there's the butler is like mm-hmm. the 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 top guy of the servants. Mrs. Hughes would have been the sort of the female equivalent of that. She was over all of the other maids and all this kind of stuff. Sort of, sort of the butler's, you know, uh, second in command type of thing. And she is amazing. She's um, very sort of this almost grandmotherly type character and everything, but very quick witted too. like not afraid to cut you down, but she's also very nice and sweet and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, Like don't mess with her, but also she's, you know, she's good to people. And I randomly, this is so weird, just the other day, um, Facebook has decided that it really wants me to see every post I've ever made on a given day. Um, so it's like, you have memories to, to go back and review. And I was scrolling through some of them. And one of them that I wrote umpteen years ago when we first went and Keely and I watched uh, Downton Abbey is I said, I'm convinced that Downton Abbey is secretly about Mrs. Hughes. Like she's the central character or something like that. And I have no context for why I said that. I don't remember the thought process there. But at any rate, um, she's one of my favorite characters in uh, in the show. And she's awesome. And she looked minus the, you know, the the, the weird hair and the scars and everything wow, yeah. uh, on the Ooks character here looked exactly the same. Like she's one of these people that like never ages. Like she's always looked like a grandmother and 
she was possibly 47 when she started the role. <laughs> she still looked like a grandmother. Um, was played by Mark Addy, who um, has just been in all of the things. Um, perhaps most notably for most folks, Robert Baratheon, a considerably less hairy uh, Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones. And um, in Game of Thrones, he had like a, a bigger beard and longer hair and all this kind of stuff. Um, so you, 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 you might not recognize him, but a very distinctive voice. This guy has a, a very sort of rumbly, gravelly, always sounds angry kind of voice. Even in this episode where he's like an amnesia patient, he yeah. sounds angry about not remembering things, you know? Um, he also played Friar Tuck in the Russell Crowe Robin Hood. You have to, you have to state which Robin Hood you're talking about because it's been made approximately <laughs> 1 million times. In the Russell Crowe version, he played Friar Tuck. And he also played, um, which I didn't realize until I saw this in his IMDb, he played Roland in A Knight's Tale, which might need to go on our list, guys. Y'all haven't, y'all haven't seen it. Um, okay, so, so A Knight's Tale is a peculiar medieval movie. So it stars, it stars, um, crap, why am I blanking on his name? The guy that played the Joker, Heath Ledger. Yeah, it stars Heath Ledger. It stars uh, also blanking again on the name. The guy that plays um, oh, Wash in Firefly. Crap. Can't think of his name. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? Wash, the pilot. Mm, I don't know his name. I you know, know the character that I'm talking yeah. about, right? Mm. It, it, OK, imagine that guy. But in medieval time, maybe he's like the same character almost, um, except perhaps more aggressive. Um, and then uh, this guy, Mark Addy, the three of them are are squires um, in in like, you know, 1600s England or something. But it's it's 1600s England. But then they sing We Are the Champions. It's it's what it's better than it sounds. I mean, like the sound the soundtrack for this movie is like current days current hits no i mean no current i mean well, queen like current, <laughs> yeah current more current than uh shakespearean england um yeah and it it's a it's a great movie it's it's a real fun movie and it's the basic thing is heath ledger is a squire who then impersonates a knight and then uh, you know the you know Antics ensue antics <laughs> ensue ab- absolutely um and this is ob- well obviously this is pre dark knight uh, uh, Heath Ledger, uh, considerably younger, um, mm-hmm. but but he Roland, uh, this guy Mark Addy's character in that movie is also hilarious. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. So um, I'm going to <laughs> reserve saying we highly recommend it because I can't, I can't remember if it's the same. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you. I will tell you that one of the very opening scenes features. Oh, oh, because the other the other main character in this movie. It's great cast. The other main character is the guy who plays Vision. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. And one of the opening scenes of this movie features his butt very prominently <laughs> as <laughs> he plays of all people Chaucer. Like the actual author Chaucer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's a bizarre okay. movie. <laughs> it's a bizarre movie. So but he got he got like mugged or something and stripped of everything. So he's walking down the, the dirt road completely naked. So you only see man butt. You don't see anything in the front or anything like that. And I and I think that was the only nudity in the movie. So again, kids ask your parents before watching it. Uh, but 
<laughs> but we'll see about it. Hey guys, News in the Whovian is brought to you by Neurostabilizers. Getting a little fuzzy brain while exploring an unknown planet? Get some Neurostabilizers from the makers of Shiny Tubulars. <laughs> what? It is. It's from the same people. Yeah. Same same technology. Basically. Obviously. Basically. <laughs> Basically. I did love that she happened to have an extra one in her pocket. Oh, yeah. She's like, here, put this on. Because why not? Because she, she gave it to Paul Tracky. Did she? But yeah, then she, she didn't she have gave him two one. extras for the so other people. Equipment? Yeah, she didn't have three extras so that they could have given the Ux some without taking theirs off. Yeah. So. Because we needed And they're the home. size of a nickel. And she has <laughs> so infinite pockets. hundred of them. So, like, yeah. Why wasn't there right? enough for as many people as you could possibly come across? Why? Why was there so what? much? Like, why did she have so much technology? She had those neurostabilizers, the freaking mic chips that they stuck to their neck. So all of them are oh, sitting yeah. there with two things on the same side of their head. Just <laughs> looking like, bizarre. Oh, then what did she call bombs. those things? Like grenades? Like what? Wait, wait, real Code quick. Breakers, before, before you bombs. go on, before you go on, what did she call the, the, the communication devices? Neck mics or... I forget what she or... called it, but she said they function like com dots. What? Which I thought, why what not if... just say com dots? Yeah. We've had, I think earlier this season, we had com dots, which is why she's calling that to mind. She's saying, hey, fam... Remember yeah. when we had the com dots? These work the same way. Why, Why go through just, all that yeah. instead of just saying, here's oh, a com here's dot, a com put dot. this on? That'd be like handing you a different colored walkie-talkie <laughs> and being like, this is a... It works the same. Yeah, this is this a portable is a radio. It works just like a walkie-talkie. Talkie-walkie. <laughs> talkie-walkie. <laughs> there's, some, there's some great stand-up bits about how that thing got its name. Like, what, what are we calling it? Oh, it's a walkie-talkie. I can do two things at once. Anyways, guys, that brings us down to the checklist. The name of the episode spoken in dialogue? No, not really. Not really. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of felt like the Battle of Ronskorov Kalos was the yeah. battle of? Was it wasn't like, a battle. Yeah, because... She said it looks like a battlefield. Exactly. That's all we got. If it was called the battlefield of... Or actually... Um, the battleground. Paul Tracky said something. I thought he was going to say the name. But then he called it something else. He called it like the, uh, oh, he called that battlefield something. It was kind of poetic. It was like, you know, the, the, the wreckage of, or, or something like that. And he mm -hmm. said the, whatever it was, of Ronskorov Kolos. And I was like, daggone it. Like he almost, why, like that would have been a better title. Yeah, why wasn't yeah. that the title? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what was it? Desolation or the downfall or the remnant? The, the remnant? No, something like that. It was something like that. Anyways. Very, you know, on, on point here. Professional podcasters. Creature of the week, I would say, is the Ux, because we've already talked about Sim Shawl. Mm -hmm. um, the Ux are a duo species only found on three planets in the entire universe, lifespans of millennia. Mm. That is all of the backstory we ever get about them. <laughs> it's all rattled off by the doctor in one sentence, like I just read there. Yeah. And Corbin, what? You have questions? I, you yeah. Have thoughts? What does that mean? How are they found on three planets? Are they like Sith or there only two of them at a time or are there only two of them ever? Well, <sighs> they can't be a duo species. There's the fact that she said exactly that led me to believe that like they're, they they're travel in planets. pairs. Yeah. Or something. But or um, they were found on three planets, but they had already died. So like. <sighs> Yeah, so there's maybe. there's two, and then there's two more, and they go to a different planet or something. I don't also, like, what were they doing at the start of this episode? Yeah, Summoning this is a the place. Rock giant. I don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> that's what it looked like. And then they stopped doing that, and they never addressed it again. 
because they met well, the no, creator. Presum- it was presumably, just so that we could get the fact that they have like eye powers or whatever. Eye powers? Why do you keep calling it that? <laughs> well, I mean, eye magic. Yeah, that's what orange. it looked like. Um, yeah, it seemed to me like whatever it was that they were getting ready to start doing, like making this world or whatever, like, basically they right. did do it, but Tim Shaw just hijacked it. So like whatever it was that they were doing, he steered it towards a weapon or something. Maybe I'm filling in a lot of gaps here because Mm. there's a lot of gaps here. Like I, I, it was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's fine because they left you wanting to know more about the UX. Sometimes over explaining it ruins it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. I kind of don't like that. Like, I think they're raising a lot of questions about who are these people, and they're probably well, like, never, never going to address them ever again. And you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, There's I mean, probably a thousand comics about it already, though. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a whole novel series, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Three, uh, ooh, a two-part series. Um, yeah, so, okay. Why do? Why? Why do? Why do? Why do? Why do? From the makers of Play-Doh. Why did they assume that... Simshaw was the creator. The, I don't know. He like appeared. Womb. Okay. The wiki, here's <laughs> like what? <laughs> what womb? I don't know. When they saw the stuff the doctor had, they seemed pretty surprised by her technology as well. So how which, do you know she's? Wait, did they seem surprised by it? They're like, they're like, where did your ship thing? come from? It's like you can do like actual magic, and you are surprised <laughs> by this ship appearing. And yet, when they walked inside it, they were not. It was like, like, oh yeah, oh, it's dimensional. they, they knew dimensionally the transcendent, yeah. right? Duh, of course it All is. Time. That's how you build these. Yeah, and and that's that's what's so weird to me is like they built a weapon that like blasts through dimensions and like to just rip a hole above the earth and suck it presumably into a crystal, yeah like. pres- yeah presumably envelop the planet sh- shrink it down stick it in a crystal and then pull it to their planet but they're like they were baffled by t- uh by simshaw teleporting in yeah like okay here's what here's yeah. what the wikia said and i was completely unsatisfied by this explanation simply because it felt like somebody was just like i don't know let me let me make something up here um which is fine but they, they said because they were cut off from the rest of the universe or isolated, maybe not cut off, but isolated from the rest of the universe, the first being they encountered, they assumed was the creator. And I'm like, uh, that's not the impression I got of what the Ooks were, that they've never encountered yeah, another kind of creature, How is that another being. Possible? Like, Whenever well, we're out in the universe, there are just creatures. It's like teeming with life. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, but I mean, here's the thing. Like, I got the feeling based off of that opening scene. Like, the opening scene, like, says a lot but doesn't say a lot at the same time. It's like uh, um, Delph says something along the lines of, after all this time, all this, all my training, you know, they, they, they use like three sentences to build a huge backstory for these two characters. Right. Uh, now you're, now you're ready. Like now this is going to be the place you want this to be the place. When he said you want this to be the place, it sounds to me like this is the worst option that I've seen yet. Right. It sounds like they've been doing lots of traveling Mm -hmm. and presumably he's been getting lots of training whatever that means from her so maybe he was born after her by another 
ucks before him or yeah, whatever. Like, exactly. What? Like, how does, how does procreation even how does work? work? Uh, yeah, like none of that. Especially if there's – presumably they travel in pairs and they only exist in three planets. So that means – there's only six of them in the universe that are known yeah. or like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's so much unknown, which again, fine. Like that's not the point of this episode, but, um, I really didn't like the Wikia's stab at yeah. explaining this. Oh, this is the first being that they've ever encountered. I'm like, that doesn't check yeah. out at all. I especially love like that dude was clearly on the verge of death. He even said they've yeah. kept me alive. What do they think a god yeah. is that it's just yeah. going to like keel over and die? <laughs> just like, like yeah. lands on a planet. Guys, I'm dying. Help me. Oh, yeah. Must it's be a so, god. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. It was, th- th- this episode is, is obviously an interesting commentary on faith and all kinds of things. I definitely thought it was interesting <laughs> that as soon as, as soon as she is willing to admit that, that Tim Shaw is a fake, she immediately shifts gears into thank the true creator's will and it's like okay yeah like uh, yeah obviously that means that there is a it's some other creator that's out there and i'm like i wow that's okay but um Mm -hmm. their whole thing is like our faith is all we have like that's that's what they said so i i i really i want to know more about the ox i want to know more about the ox but i also love her explaining their faith at the beginning of the episode like I feel like everything you've taught me, I've learned less. And oh, she's like, that's the point. And I'm like, what? what? The I think point is to understand I, nothing, experience everything. I think <laughs> What? I, I feel like what really messed you up was, was she at one point said, the more we learn, the less we realize we know. And I was like, uh, I mean, she's, kind of the phrasing was right. bad. What I think, if, what if she that's meant, what she meant. I she, get that. Well, but. what she said was, "The less we realize, we know." No, no, no. It's it should be we. Re- the more we learn, the more we realize how much we don't know. And she said, "There's no the good less way of we saying. realize we know." Yeah, the less we realize we know, and it's like, so you're realizing <laughs> less of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that was crazy. Because that sounded like what you're saying is the more we know, the more ignorant we become of our own knowledge or something like that. The less we realize we know. That <laughs> no, one threw I, me for a loop. I will tell you, as as a dad, as, as a middle-aged man speaking to, to a couple of teenagers, I will tell you that you will learn. The older you get, you will realize the more you learn, the more you become aware of your own ignorance. Because if that's what she meant, I got I, that. Yeah. I think that's what she meant. I heard I've been trying to teach you less. <laughs> I am removing knowledge from your brain. And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was when she oh. said it, I went, uh, I mean, I, I think I know what she was saying, trying to say. No, no, no. I think, I think it's the idea of like, the. I've heard it said, you know, like the more I know, the more, the more ignorant I realize I am. Like, because you you will reach a, you will reach a stage if you haven't already that you go oh i know i've got it figured out i know all the things right mm-hmm. and then a month later you will discover there's a whole other field of human knowledge yeah. you didn't know existed and you'll go holy crap and then you'll start digging into that and you'll go right i know that now i've figured that out until somebody goes have you heard about fill in the blank and you go I didn't even know that was a part of this. And, and just like 
one of the things that shocks me on a regular basis, and by regular, I mean a couple of times a year, I learn about a new job that I never knew existed. And it blows my mind every time. I, every time it happens, as soon as somebody, I, I'll be talking to somebody and they'll say, oh yeah, I do fill in the blank. And I go, what? That's a job? Huh. Yeah, I guess I somebody has to do job. that. Yeah. yeah, it's like I never thought about somebody actually has to do that part of the world because if you didn't do your job, like 18 other things in the world would fail, would just collapse. But it's like, so so here's my thing is I'm like, how did you find that job? How did you even know that that existed? Yeah. And and usually it's like, I don't know, I knew a guy and they were looking for a, a helper and <laughs> it's amazing. So you'll you'll discover that there are things out there you had no clue. And the more things you the more things you learn when you when you push your knowledge boundary and you poke through that boundary and stick your head through there, you'll realize there's this whole world out there about fill in the blank. Whatever, whatever the topic is that you're just investigating, and you go, <gasps> there's this whole other world out here it's like finding a fandom and you go oh my gosh there are already 18 forums and 100 websites about this i don't i just found it how does how have i been missing this the whole time it's yeah anyways i want to know more about the yucks uh the tardis um i love that she says see the sign on the front we respond to urgent calls <laughs> that was great it's like that sign that is referring to police officers in 1960s britain she's like no that's totally us we respond to urgent calls which in this episode is Literally what they did. Yeah. They were responding to multiple distress calls. Uh, she summoned the TARDIS with her sonic. Have we seen this happen before? I, I felt like this was groundbreaking. Um, she has or she they have? Uh, yeah. The somebody doctor. She summoned it with stuff I before. I don't remember goodness. what she's used. I am positive the doctor has summoned the TARDIS before. She was acting like this was such a big deal. And I'm like, you've done this quite simply before, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I mean, she summoned the TARDIS before. I don't remember what she used to summon. Yeah, I cannot it remember. Might have been the Sonic, and I don't. Know. It, this is this is one of those things that that bothers me because when it happens, like I feel like it, okay, would y'all agree with me? It's at least rare. Oh yeah. Like if this has happened before, it happen it's like definitely ever. rare. I and can't count the number of times they've been separated from the TARDIS that's and what unable I'm to yeah. get back saying, to it. Like the whole the entire episode. Of the girl who died, where the Vikings took them away from the TARDIS and left it, whatever, you know, four hours on the river or whatever, down, down river. Um, that whole episode could have been, could have been radically altered by her. Yeah. Using, or by him at the time, using the Sonic to summon the TARDIS. Yeah. And I'm like, why doesn't this happen every episode? And so again, it's, it's one of those things where you have to put a limitation on your hero, right? So you you separate from the TARDIS. And we've talked before about how sometimes the reason that they're separated from the TARDIS is ridiculous, but it's fine because otherwise there wouldn't be an episode, right? Otherwise we could put everybody in the TARDIS and escape from the sinking ship or the doomed thing or whatever it is. So you have to separate. But then when you add in on this episode, the fact that she can, if she chooses, summon the TARDIS with the Sonic, then why doesn't she always do that? Yeah. And it bothers me. The Wikia did she point out. She wants to out, put herself in a bad situation so that she has limitations. So that she oh, is that what it is? She's expanding her. <laughs> she's she's challenging herself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Wikia pointed out that somewhere in a comic or an audio adventure or something like that, 
that the doctor said, like addressed this and said something about the TARDIS doesn't like being summoned. So she's a little prickly when she does get summoned. So like that's the hand wave to say, well, the doctor can't do this all the time because then the TARDIS gets gets put out by it. So she has to save it for like special occasions or whatever, which again, and this was the number the of times occasion it, they chose. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyways. Um, and then also she installed a clapper for the lights. Did y'all notice she came walking in the TARDIS went and the lights cut on? Do y'all know the clapper? Yeah. Uh, are y'all, do you know of the clapper? Yeah. The clap activated light switch. Yeah. Lights. Y'all don't know. Do, clap on. Clap off. Y'all know that? No. <laughs> the clapper goes back to the 80s. This is, that is like. Sounds about right. Yeah. Such old, such old technology, but it was revolutionary at the time that you, you literally just plugged a thing into the outlet and then plugged the lamp into that and it had a microphone. And when you clapped, it would cut the lights on or off for you. Well, yeah. It's like magic. Yeah. When they came out with uh, one that could distinguish between two claps and three claps meant that you could control two lights. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It seems fairly simple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an engineer, I know, but. <laughs> uh, you know what? Why don't you build seems one this like weekend? You, yeah. you build more, one this weekend. You add we'll, three we'll more see. wires and, and, and you can get the extra. Add a couple extra wires. That's all it takes. <laughs> Anyways, I thought, I, just, I thought that was so bizarre that she walked in and clapped and the lights came on. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, she, yeah. she got the clap. She also snapped to open the doors, but like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, under random jiggery pokery, I just mentioned again the neural stabilizers. Uh, we already we already made fun of those. Oh, and the microphones and the code breakers and the bombs. And- oh yeah, I oh, cut yeah, y'all off about talking about that. What, did, what were y'all saying about that? That oh, was a she- weird James Bond moment. There. Yeah, she had like six grenades, some kind of bomb. Half the time she doesn't have. Oh yeah, she said anything. a bomb, and it was like, it was like uh, what? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird for her to say normally. Like neurostabilizers and you know quantum grenades and you know like oh. that kind of stuff. This time she's like grenades, code breakers, and a bomb. It's like I'm sorry, are we in what? World War Two? Like what are we doing? But yeah, it, go ahead. And then and we got annoyingness. This is kind of unrelated, but her can't, being like, oh, wait. I can use a bomb to blow up robots because I'm a I'm a I had to prove a point to you. You can only kill robots when you're good and old enough to kill. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah, we we come back to uh, what what could be a whole other thing on the list here: the doctor being a hypocrite. Yeah, um, yeah I don't, I don't know. I guess um, we can get more into it later, but I specifically yeah. want to talk about her having problems with them killing a Simshaw. You know, like I just. Or, or robots, for that matter. But anyways, uh, I put this under name dropping because it was almost there, but she was tromping through the water and she said, I should have brought wellies um, and then said, uh, that that could be another uh, another precaution rule, always bring wellies or something like that. Which I think for, I half invented wellies. Yeah, and then she said, I half invented wellies, which was like such a weird name drop uh, or, or, you know, humble brag, kind of I half invented wellies. That's, yeah, that's great. Um, adventures in closed captioning, the sniper bots were consistently referred to as cyber bots. Um, we put under, um, I put under there cause we, we were all asking each other, why did Tim Shaw have sniper bots? That was a whole other story. And the Wikia pointed out that the Stenza had conquered desolation. That's why the cyber bots were there. 
the Cyberbots were not native to Desolation. They were mm-hmm. Stenza tech. Oh. The de- uh, the remnant was the answer to the to the sniper bots. The remnant, the 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 sentient rags, that was technology born on you know created on Desolation, but the sniper bots were left wow. behind. I guess by they were a leftover from when the Stenza conquered. So that's why that was still a different story than Tim Shaw. But it was Stenza tech. That's my point. Is in other words, sniper bot. The reason sniper bots were in that episode, which which episode was that? The Ghost Monument. The mm-hmm. reason they were in that episode was because the Stenza had been on the planet Desolation. That's why the oh. planet was desolate. They had conquered the planet, and some of the sniper bots were left behind. So, in other words, they were the same technology. So, if if Tim Shaw is going to make weaponry, he's going to make sniper bots. Huh? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. at first I was like, wait, why are we just randomly bringing these things back? Um, but it did remind me that when we were on Desolation, they said something about the Stenza. And, you know, Ryan and Graham keyed into that right away. And I remember thinking the first time through, I remember thinking, oh, are we going to, is this going to be like, is this going to be like the missing planets thing? Yeah. Where it's something that just gets peppered through the season. But I, I don't know that there was much more. I think there might have been one other mention of the Stenza uh somewhere in the season i can't remember what it was or i might be thinking of this this example the the on desolation um and it was the second episode so we we haven't been talking about it since so then all of a sudden boom here we have the the return of tim shaw in all of his toothy glory um other stuff we noticed ranskorov kolos means disintegrator of the soul oh another cheery one <laughs> right, which is very much like desolation. You know, like oh, roughly translated, it means run for your life, <laughs> doom and gloom. Uh, who's who? Who is Ryan? Um, he loves Graham. Called him Granddad again. I don't know why Graham had like three syllables just now when I said it. <laughs> it's like when they said no the other day. Now, um, and he finally gave Graham a fist bump. Not a fist oh, okay. equals bump. That should be a, a hyphen, not a, a, an equal sign. I uh, finally gave Graham a fist bump. And then what I thought was funny was he finally gave Graham the fist bump. And then Graham went, what do we do now? And at first I thought he meant, now that we've fist bumped, what do we do? No. <laughs> I thought he was being like, wait, what, what's supposed to happen after that? But it, but he was saying, oh, okay, we, we've, got, we've captured yeah, Tim we Shaw. What do we do with him? But for a half a second, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> He finally got the fist bump, and now he doesn't know how to follow it up. You know, like, what do we do? Uh, speaking of, who is Graham? Um, I love that he asked the line, and it has to be us, does it? And the doctor says, no, but everyone else has passed them by. Should we do the same? And then he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I guess not. Checks out. Um, he stands toe-to-toe with the doctor about killing Tim Shaw, doesn't he? That mm-hmm. that scene, he's like, I was like. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you can't travel with me anymore after the, you know, if you do something like that, I can't have you traveling with me. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm good with that. Like, I, I, like, I know everything that's going to be the result of this, and I'm fine with that. I was like, dude, he is like, <laughs> ret to go. I wish he committed, but, you know. Uh, would you, would you like to talk more about that? Because <laughs> I remember you yeah. saying, I remember during that scene, I felt like you were definitely rooting for Graham to pull the trigger. Yeah. Like you even was. said yeah. something. I forget what you said, but you were like, like, you're like follow through Graham, like do the thing. 
What's your thought? I just... I don't know. I'm annoyed that they're trying to take this moral high ground of, like, killing him makes you just as bad as him. So not really, but, like, whatever. It's like... They just said he committed planet-wide genocide on five, five did you, planets. Did you call him Super Hitler? At I one did. Point? I called him Super Hitler. Yeah. Which, wait, didn't he kill like all the people's teeth that are on his face? He killed it. Oh yeah, each each tooth came from he killed a victim them individually, then wiped yeah. out five. Yeah, planets. and he also took out planets. But murdering him—that's oh, just oh. as bad as being him. You know, and that which, is a that is a popular cultural sentiment in the west i was gonna say in the u.s but but just western culture it's just that like i've always had a big problem with. this is a huge it's a sticking point for me yeah like we can get down to it sometimes but in this case it's not even the same crime it's murdering a genesis that's Gen- not it genocidist maniac Murdering basically a genocidal if, dictator or, you know, being the genocidal dictator. That's not the same thing. Mm. And also, I think they're trying to take this huge moral high ground. I don't think a single one of them would have a problem with killing Hitler. Let's go with Hitler because he's a close-ish comparison. He's the gold standard. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't come close to doing what Zim Shaw did. And I'm sure anyone on this writer's team would pop a cap in him in an instant if they could. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to I, take this like, oh, killing them is just as bad as what they've done. I, it's like, I don't think you would when you commit make up to a, that I in real life. I have never understood fully. I, I, I get where the sentiment is coming yeah, I can, from. Yeah, but I, I can see let, how you get to that point. Let, let, but. Well, let, me, let me finish my statement. I've never fully understood the, the concept of if you kill him, you're just as bad as him. Okay. If we're talking about somebody who killed a person and then you're like, well, if you kill him or her, if you kill them, you're just as bad as they are. Well, technically, yes. Possibly. Possibly. If you're talking about a serial killer, I don't know that it's the same anymore. It's literally not even. And you when you're talking about a not killed a person killer. for killing a person, you've now killed a person for killing a couple people. Well, like still, yeah, it's like it's. I'm I sorry, still, like I can see how you make the slow transition where it goes from oh, killing a person for a person that's wrong, killing a person for two people. Okay, I can see how that's wrong. There's but a when, spectrum but at when some it point. Stacks yeah. up. Well, I and my point is, and and I think I think the strongest argument. That Graham made for killing for actually killing Tim Shaw was look we didn't stop him properly the first time and look what just, happened yeah. and and okay yeah it's like is um, Graham's logic wrong Graham is essentially saying because we didn't kill Tim Shaw when we first encountered him he got exponentially he killed worse. five planets worth of people over the course of thirty four hundred years is his logic wrong ah no. Uh, no. Now, does that mean that like Graham is culpable for any of that or to blame? No, 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 no. Like Tim Shaw is the monster. But he's his point is we've got to stop him. Yeah, he's a continuous threat. Corbin, what you weren't happy with the 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 stasis situation. <clears throat> I'll get to that in a okay. second. I just want to point out again the doctor's hypocrisy to be like, if you kill him, 
you're not allowed on my TARDIS anymore. <laughs> you tried to kill him, Doctor. You may have tricked oh, him into yeah. using his own thing and nearly killed him in the most... So in- so if we put a grenade on a door and then said, here, come shoot me. <laughs> Catch me. if you, I wouldn't open that door if I were you. <laughs> All things considered, the doctor probably did worse because instead of killing him, she made him suffer in pain for 3,000 years. Yeah. And she's going to kick him <laughs> off if he shoots him. It's, it, yeah, it's weird. And, and what's weirder still, what's weirder still, and y'all pointed this out, I thought this was really insightful, is that there's a line in the episode where the doctor basically all but looks into the camera and says, hey, fans, shut up. My rules are changing all the time, so don't you throw them back yeah. in my face. It's a, it's a, the, the, only thing, the only thing that could have made that, that line more uh, fourth wall breaking would be if she'd have said, Corbin, <laughs> my rules are changing all the time. Don't throw them back in my face. Yeah, wink. Because I felt like she was talking directly to you, and it really did. She, she was like, "And don't quote that back to me. My rules are always changing." I'm like, "So you can't then be getting on people like, oh, don't use guns ever when you are like, oh, but then I change here's, my rules and I use guns." All right, here's here's that. Here's stupid. Here's the thing. Uh, Eleven. When Eleven and Amy went out for the first time, what did he tell Amy? We don't interfere. And then as soon as he saw a crying child, he immediately overturned an entire civilization, right? Mm -hmm. And Amy points that out in that episode. She's like, oh, we don't interfere unless there's a crying child, huh? And the doctor's kind of like, and shrugs it off, but that's the last we hear of it. We don't persist for the rest of the season saying interference is wrong. We go, all right, the doctor was in a newer generation. He had just lost a lot of people. He was trying something different, right? Okay, now I'm not going to interfere with this companion. We're going to lay down the law. We're going to go and we're going to have fun. And we're not going to do all of the other important stuff because that's how people get hurt. So this time it's going to be different. This incarnation, I'm going to be different. This companion is going to be different. She's not going to die. Person. She's not going to, what's that? But if you do that with every single doctor, well, no, no, what I'm, slowly no, no, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that was his thing, right? That yeah. was his New Year's Eve resolution. That was his New Year's resolution. I'm going to quit smoking this year. And then by February 1st, it's back to two packs a day or whatever. The doctor can't not intervene. The doctor can't Mm -hmm. not mess with the timeline. The doctor can't, you know, refuse to help somebody, blah, blah, blah. And so in one fell swoop, we knocked the the legs out from under his statement of we never interfere. Yes, doctor, we absolutely interfere every time, all the time. Why are you pretending? He's like, yeah, you're probably right. So let's go interfere. But this whole, the whole gun slash killing slash violence thing has been all season long in the face of the hypocrisy. And let mm-hmm. the spider die by suffocation rather than shooting it dead. You know? Right. Yeah. Like all of that. Like we keep beating this drum uh, to this. To, and then we keep, we keep beating the drum to the same beat. Into the episode. What's that? And then we go back on it 20 seconds into the episode. Well, like she was no, like, no, no, the one no th- guns, no bombs, nothing. Pulls out a bomb. <laughs> I feel like this season, they've been intentionally trying to create scenarios where it seems more logical to use a weapon and then saying, but we still don't use weapons because we're just that good and we're that morally better than you or whatever the crap. I I still come back to the idea that I am not crazy about the idea of the Doctor's Creed essentially being 
You cannot kill your enemy unless you do it in a clever way, unless you do it yeah. in an ironic way, unless you do it in a way that makes the audience laugh or chuckle or – It is absolutely or, horrifying. Uh, well, that too. <laughs> um, those kinds of things. And then, like you said, keep trying to claim the moral high ground. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. You, you, you don't you get to do say – You can do the clever thing in tight situations, but you can't say that you can't like use guns and stuff like it's yeah yeah and the fact that she said okay she she was somewhat consistent when she was like oh you can use a grenade on a door that's fine but then she also kind of contradicted it in the midst of that and said don't throw my rules in my face they're changing all the time it's like yeah she's like you can use it on a door anything can be fixed that includes sniper bots i know i said don't shoot the sniper bots now i'm saying you can don't quote rules to me my rules change all the time why yeah you you can't Cling to a moral absolutism and be morally sub- morally subjective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't know. I, that's it's not my um, it's not my favorite thing about uh, about this run so far. So, um, I did like Graham's line because we're we're actually still talking about Graham. Oh. Uh, Grace actually really liked being alive, and she was good at it. I thought it was oh. a great line. She Graham. liked being alive. And she was very good at it. What a what a legacy for a person to leave behind. When I'm when I'm dead, if you guys ever tell my grandkids, presumably if I ever have any, that, you were good um, at that huh? That you were good at living. Yeah, like yes, he was really good at, was at living. living. He was great at humaning. Um, that's fantastic, <laughs> man. Let that let that. Uh, may I live a life that leaves that legacy behind? Because. Because apparently Grace earned it. So, um, who is Yaz? She's from Earth. What kind of word is that? (laughs) And she says, it's better than Stebble. And I was like, I I do think it's funny that we've, I feel like we've done that a couple of times where like, um, like Graham was like, hey, we're all humans. We're all human beings. A little solidarity. And what's her name said? Never heard of, what was it? Human beings? Human beings or? Human beings. Human beings beings. or whatever it was she said. Um, Human beings. Yeah. I love that. Um, and she likes fam. So because she's stupid. I mean, screw you guys and your boomer comment, whatever that was. <laughs> um, that was weird. That was all. And cool. by the way, the doctor's not a boomer like yeah, in no. any sense. Like Jody Whitaker isn't a boomer, and not like, just the writers are. Oh well, I don't know if that's true either. Uh, maybe, yeah, that's probably maybe true. maybe I don't know how old Chibnall is. Anyways, anyways. Um, so is that what you think is happening there? It's, it's boomers trying to use the hip lingo that the kids say these days <laughs> and failing miserably. If they yes. would just pretend like it was cringe, which they have been doing a little which bit. They have been. What I, what I don't get is that, uh, simultaneously uh, in universe, it's been cringy, but on a production level, they were fully embracing it. <laughs> I know. On a yeah, produ- no, no, no. And I, and I don't just mean on a production level on the episodes. I mean, on a like, promotion level like advertising <laughs> and stuff like team tardis and fam. fam were the thing like they, okay listen they made a deal out of the fact that they did not use the term companions in this season they they referenced it in interviews uh-huh. and promotional materials and articles that were written they pointed out the fact we're not calling them companions right now. There was actually an outcry because somebody, I don't know, somebody like Chibnall or somebody like that said, 
oh yeah, we're not referring to them as companions this season. And everybody was like, what, are you, what do you mean they're companions? Because they've been called companions hundreds of times in the past. And my oh no, yeah, like it was twice. actually twice. Yeah, yeah, like three times. Like, come on. <laughs> right, and, and then it was like, you know, fam and Team TARDIS and all this kind of stuff. And I don't remember which one was more predominant, but it was a thing. And I think it's weird that that in universe they made it cringy for nine episodes, and on a production level they're like, "This, this is the hip this, is, what this is the jam." Yeah, and then on this episode, finally they have Yaz saying, "I kind of like it," which should have been the moment that the other two said, "Yeah, nah. yeah, it's kind of growing on me because uh-huh. now I'm calling him granddad, and uh-huh. I got a fist bump, and we're gonna embrace all of the silliness and just go with fam because now it's all now it's ironically funny to us as a group of four tr- travelers, so we're gonna embrace it. Nope, they still just <laughs> left Yaz and the Doctor hanging out in the cold. Dude, like, nope, y'all are cringy. Yeah, yeah. Guys. I thought we weren't going with fam. I kind of like it. No, <laughs> nah. Okay. Wow, no no love for Yaz. <laughs> so who is the doctor, as though we haven't been talking about her the whole time? Um, yeah, let's see. She can't let Graham travel with him anymore if she kills if if he kills Tim Shaw. The rules change all the time. Um oh I love the line. Um uh, uh Ardenio says, I I don't have to answer all these questions. The doctor says, That's what my teachers used to say, just before they quit teaching. <laughs> Not quite teaching. Quit. That's a weird title. Quit teaching. Quit teaching. Uh, I love when she sees Tim Shaw. Um, she says, you look in a bad way. Whereas I've got a new coat. What do you think? Because remember when he saw her last, she was still wearing 12s outfit. Yeah. Because she didn't change outfits until after he was gone. And then we have the doctor of hope. We here, here we have, um, a nice little button on not only this episode, but I would, I would argue the entire season. She says, keep your faith, travel, hopefully, the universe will surprise you constantly. That was just kind of a neat little mm-hmm. at the end of the, that, I think that was the last scene, the last words of the season, wasn't it? Like it was that. And then the yeah. credits rolled, like they left and then credits. So, um, Corbin, what do you, what do you got here? Oh, you mentioned, uh, putting Sim Shaw in stasis. And then we I didn't did talk about it, but, I um, did. this annoyed the crap out of me because <laughs> yeah. first of all, I definitely think. Wait, first of all, can I just say I'm shocked and and utterly dismayed that something annoyed the crowd. <laughs> I know. I, I oh, know. how could surprise. this happen? Just go ahead and throw that. <laughs> but um, like, how could you have done this? Yeah. Aside from like the moral stuff we've talked about about like, oh, it's not actually like you're not as bad as him for killing him. Right, or right, right. I you think, are not a genocidal maniac because you killed a genocidal maniac. Yeah. I just feel like he's reached the point where it's actually a moral disservice to not kill him. Like, letting him live is letting him commit more mass genocide, so you're actually a bad person for not killing him, I think. So, their solution, we're going to imprison him in a stasis pod, where presumably he will fall asleep, either for the rest of forever, in which case he's basically just dead. dead. He's asleep forever. Right. He's dead. Or he will be asleep so long that the stasis pod fails and he wakes up and now he's just out and yeah. about in the universe again 
causing more genocide without yeah. having any time to think without about it without any of the punishment because he was asleep the whole time yeah and you're like this is they close, not punishment they close the door so he puts his face against the glass and then wakes up as the door opens and he's like what just happened so i i feel like we're we're inadvertently tiptoeing around the capital punishment debate and i would say the capital punishment debate is do we execute these criminals uh, you know that are guilty of particularly heinous crimes or do we imprison them for life mm-hmm. the problem here in this sci-fi scenario is that those are those are not the alternatives because they didn't leave anyone in charge of the prison yeah they didn't imprison him for life under lock and key like corbin said just like threw him in a glass cube they threw him in a thing that okay all right can we remember what happened at the beginning? Uh, not the beginning, but earlier in this episode, when they walked into that room full of stasis pods, what did they do? They whipped out their code break. They let everyone out. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what kind of people were in those things? Right. Now, we have the context that we know that they were, you know, being held there by Tim yeah. Shaw and they deserved to be let go. They were innocent, blah, blah, blah. But what happens to the next person that comes along this thing? 3,000 years from now when nobody remembers what happened on this planet or whatever. Because nobody knew in the first place. Nobody really. knew it's in like the first place. Five yeah. people on this planet. They didn't planet. leave a note on the on the <laughs> stasis chamber saying, yes, it, yeah, yeah, multiple, multiple planetary genocidal maniac do not open. <laughs> they uh, open the door and shoot him. <laughs> uh, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Solve the problem by letting somebody else deal with the moral quandary. But yeah, we're not talking about Leaving him imprisoned for life, as Corbin said, A, you're actually extending his life by putting him in stasis. So B, you're also not getting any sort of revenge on him because, as Corbin said, if at some point he ever leaves that stasis chamber, he will not know the passage of time. He will not have experienced the passage of time. So for him, it's like he fell asleep, he woke back up, and now he can go back on his universal rampage. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it is, it is kind of weird where, I mean, how many times in Dr. Who itself have we seen the eternal prison fail? Oh, I don't know. Like <laughs> earlier times. this season, like every yeah. time, like, yeah, I mean like earlier this season with the witch finders, that's what happened. Yeah. And then we, in that episode, we talked about the Satan pit yeah. where the same thing was happening, where you know, literally Satan was imprisoned and that prison was failing. You know, the doctor came along and fixed it, but what if he hadn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, anyways, I, I don't know. I, so I wasn't in season 17. We're going to come back <clears throat> to Tim Shaw and like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Reapply this. Well, we'll have to give the doctor in. amnesia of the events so that th- they will unwittingly open the stasis chamber. Um, yeah. yeah. And I feel like, can you imagine, like, even just, like, if this did work out the way they hoped? Like, assume this is a weird stasis chamber where he's actually conscious the whole time. And so he's right. just sitting there staring at nothing, thinking about revenge for 5,000 <laughs> years until he eventually wakes up again mm-hmm. and is able to get out. And then you've just, like, made him even more angry. Okay, like, now I, did, I know exactly, just... like, any possible way that you could possibly defeat me this this isn't true life imprisonment because he's in stasis his body will never age yeah so like again either he just never wakes up maybe something goes horribly wrong 
and he's killed by that thing before waking up. Yeah. And then you've basically just killed him anyways, except, oh, it wasn't really me, and blah, 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 and now I can take moral high ground. And, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No good way. It's not good. I, I think it's fine that Graham came to the decision on his own. Yeah. That he couldn't yeah. do it. Um, and that he would instead imprison him. But I don't, I don't like the alternative that he did just imprison him there on a planet on his own where anything could happen in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we don't know if they took him, like if they, if they, you know what, what if they had to put him in the custody of the Ooks and said, you all are super powerful beings. Why don't y'all make sure that he stays in stasis forever or whatever. That one prison on, I just, what was oh, it? Storm Cage? Yeah, Storm Cage. Yeah, I mean, just throw them. Well, we know how easy that is to get out of. Right. Like, all you need is a <laughs> is time machine. Stasis forever is still a dumb punishment because if he genuinely is unconscious, it's just death. You know. Well, okay. So, so this is where you get into uh, circle back around to the capital punishment debate. Are you trying to punish or are you trying to deter? Are you seeking after justice? Are you seeking after revenge? If we're going to try and stick with any sort of moral high ground and say, we don't want revenge on Tim Shaw. We just want to stop him from killing anybody else. Then it doesn't matter if he is conscious in stasis or not, because if you're not looking for revenge, then it doesn't matter. You've stopped him. My problem is, did you, or did you just slow him down? We've stopped him for now. Yeah. Did you stop him or did you pause him? He's an immortal being that you threw into a stasis where he will never By the way, how long do the Stenza live? Yeah, we have Mm. no idea what his lifespan is. He was around for 3,000 years after meeting with the doctor. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. Right. And was that because of, because he's Stenza or was that because of the Ooks or we don't know. We're not giving him that. I did love though at the beginning of the episode when all of a sudden it goes 3,407 years later. I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow, okay, that was then. a random number. Very specific. And I did love, I did love the doctor's line. I oh, boy. Seven years. <laughs> the seven really dragged. <laughs> it wasn't the 3,400 years. It was that last seven. That seven. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Was, I can't so remember who long. said it, but there's, there's some, I don't know, some person that said uh, eternity is a really long time, especially towards the end. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Hey guys, News in the Whovian is actually brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you can do. Go to noobsinthewhovian.com slash support. Click on something. There you go. That's it. That's all you got to do. Click on something and it'll help us out. That brings us down to our classic Who connections. Let's hear what Jared has to say. Hello, Noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for the Battle of Ranskur Avkolos. I think I said that right. Even if I didn't, uh, well, <laughs> you hear my opinion at the end. <laughs> I don't really care. Anyway, there was, uh, you know, for a season finale uh, where they didn't have a whole lot of Classic Who connections throughout most of the season, not a surprise. Not a lot of uh, Classic Who connections here. So the one thing I've got, it's uh, thanks to the TARDIS Wikia. It's not the strongest, but I'll point it out anyway because it's an interesting uh, um part in Whovian history and classic Who history. Uh, We've got the Pirate Planet. Now, this is a serial. It was written by Douglas Adams. It's the only one that uh, Douglas Adams is the only writer in the credits. Um, Only, you know, he co-authored with other uh, serials, but this is the only one that's just attributed to Douglas Adams, so that's kind of cool. And it's with the Fourth Doctor, and he ends up on the wrong planet, in the wrong place. Surprise, surprise. He ends up on the planet Xanak. He's with Romana the First 
first and they're looking for the key to time. Um, if you remember, that's like one of the first overarching like series overarching stories uh that they did um so anyway they're looking for the second key to time i think um and they end up on the planet xanak which is a planet that's been hollowed out and they've attached hyperspace engines to it so that they can make the planet just materialize around miniature planets and then once the uh miniature planet is stuck in the center of this other of Xanak, the planet Xanak, uh, they plunder the resources from that planet, which is kind of a ridiculous, like how many, how much resources are you really going to get from a planet that's the size that can fit inside another planet? Like, I don't know. It seems uh, maybe if you do it enough, you know, you scale, uh, maybe they get, I don't know. It seems a little ridiculous, but anyway, there it is. And that's all I got. Just the one classic who connection for it. Um, I didn't love this one. Uh, that surprise, surprise! Since I'm doing it, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, this one's adding in a little bit later um, than they, they, you know, the noobs and the Whovian have already recorded, and they're adding this this in post because we're off schedules just a little bit right now. But anyway, um, so I already know what they rated it. I'm gonna be right where they are, five out of ten, and I'm gonna say Graham's Revenge? Question uh, mark. I haven't heard what the noobs and the Whovian have to say about that. Uh, that he wants the revenge, but, uh, you know, obviously didn't follow through with what he really wanted to do. And thought that was an interesting point there. I don't know. This guy probably, um, I'm not big on executions myself, but, uh, uh, in story, um, you know, this guy kind of deserved it. I don't mind it in stories so much. I don't, I don't like the idea of it in real life, but I don't mind it in stories. So, uh, anyway, that's all I'm going to say about it. And since everyone else seemed to give it 50 creep levels, I'm giving it 49 because, uh, I'm, you know, this week I'm braver. So why not? Anyway, thanks to the TARDIS Wikia. Thanks to News and the Hoovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right. Thanks, Jared. That brings us down to our overall impressions. Who wants to go first? Sorry. Who wants to go second? Oh, well, you keep saying that. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't like the doctor in this episode. Yeah, basically. And their solution to... Graham's like the only good person in this episode. If Graham had any backbone to actually kill him. Dang! Okay. (laughs) I thought it was... I thought it was good that he... Corbin feels pretty confident. Didn't kill him because then he he gets to stay with the, the TARDIS, so like... I guess that's. I don't know. I'm just annoyed that they they literally make the evilest character you can think of, yeah. and then say, set, "But you still shouldn't kill that." They person. set the guy up to be killed, and then they didn't. They don't kill. They him. Just yeah. throw him in what I prison. expected when I first watched this was that while Graham had the gun pointed at him and was wrestling with the decision that. Delph was going to show up and vaporize him. Or, I thought Ryan was going to kill him. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised, but I, I didn't think that they, they would go that route. I, typically what happens with this kind of thing is you have the moral quandary of should I or shouldn't I? And this is not just Doctor Who. This is not just yeah. sci-fi. This is like movie trope. You have the, the moral quandary, should I kill this horribly evil person? And then you have 
some other character who doesn't have the same moral qualms as the as the antagonist or protagonist yeah. who just comes in and willy-nilly awesome yeah or um uh you know we we saw that happen with Firefly where uh crap I can't think of his name but the doctor is holding the gun on the guy and he's like you don't you don't have the the guts to do it boy and the and you know and the preacher is saying you know don't do it it's not right you'll never be the same and then Mal walks in and goes bam <laughs> just like like doesn't even look at the guy just wipes him off you know it's bam and then grabs his body and throws him out the back you know like that's what i was expecting was that type of thing that yeah. either the ux would show up and and take him out a sniper bot was going to go, go haywire wrong. and accidentally yeah. kill him or uh, the actually what I thought was going to happen was the results of Tim Shaw's own evil doing was going to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. One of the planets was going to destabilize and, and like blow, blow off right some extra energy him. and kill him or something like that. So like, so Graham would never actually make the decision. So I did like the fact that they made Let him, him actually him. make yeah. the decision and he decided not to do it and decided to do something other than killing him. And so he, you know, he had to make the decision. So many times we see the protagonist get the decision taken away from him, yeah. and they didn't do that. So I did like that. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna. With all that being said, this was not my favorite episode of the season at all. <laughs> um, not. There were definitely some better episodes in this, um, especially as a season finale. Just this fell flat for me. Yeah, like, and I, I guess because. There wasn't an arc to wrap up in the big sense. We just kind of got this incidental emotional arc that uh, about the death of Grace, you know. Yeah. Um, and they they did wrap that up. I, I like I like the emotional journey with Graham and Ryan. I I, I wish we'd seen more of Yaz. <laughs> yeah. More development of Yaz. I feel like her note section has been woefully empty in our notes a lot of times. Um, but I don't think that's us. I think that's the show not utilizing her properly. Um, uh, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to give this, um, eh, I'm going to give this five little spinny planets. Wow. <laughs> you know, five out of 10. I know I've, <clears throat> you know, talked a lot. Crapped all over this whole <laughs> series and this one. No, I was going to say, uh, talked a lot of crap about Graham. Yeah. I can respect him not wanting to kill someone. Like, honestly, in his shoes, I probably wouldn't be able to pull the trigger either. But to be like, to be like, I would be just as bad as him, that's not true. And you know it isn't true. I just, that really bugs me. Yeah. Um, I feel like... I wouldn't say he knows that it's not true. I don't, then he's, I don't think he was being you know, dishonest. I, okay. <laughs> or he just has a different opinion about something. Than I guess. Do. Yeah. I like the idea of them bookending the season with the same villain. Very interesting. I just, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he was a slightly better villain in this episode. Not great. But in the first time we saw him, he felt like such a non-threat. Yeah. Him killing Grace was like almost incidental. And it, technically, he didn't. He didn't even kill yeah. Grace. It it was his fault that the the ball of eels was there. Yeah, but he l- didn't actually kill her. Like he just didn't feel mm. like such a great villain to bring back. And then 
when they did bring him back, he had done a lot of stuff, but we never saw like right. Yeah, he destroyed five was, planets. That's pretty big, but also he's all a of it happened super villain off screen. Yeah, <laughs> he was kind of just sitting there doing nothing for most of the episode. Yeah, which did anybody else have have Darth Vader vibes? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I kind of liked that. Yeah, I just wish. I don't know, maybe they played into it a little more. Okay. He did a whole lot of nothing, which Darth Vader kind of doesn't do a whole lot. Mm. But... <laughs> okay. I'm Moving mean, along. I, we don't need to break that down. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's an interesting statement. I know, I just... I don't know. Awesome. I like the idea, but it just wasn't pulled off super well. So what, what's your out of 10 score, then? Uh, I'm going to say probably also... A five out of ten Terminator stances. What? Huh? He was oh. doing that, wasn't he? Where he, he was the Terminator. Like he was appeared. on the one knee, just kneeling down like this. Yeah. When kind uh, of. when we first saw him, when the doctor first saw. Oh, him, like when the Terminator comes out of a time bubble thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't pick up on that. Trip. What about you? I don't know. I don't think Tim Shaw needed to be in this at all. Like. Okay. It could have easily been a different person. I don't get what, how they randomly added in like the magic thing. That was that was kind of weird. Like with literally no explanation, they're like, "Oh, they just have magic." Like, why uh, do they have the magic? I mean, we literally quoted Lark's, Clark's law in this series that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So I don't know that they uh, had magic. They were just so much more advanced than us. Yeah, that, that's what I thought it was. I don't know. It was just weird. It was a weird way to incorporate, like, I don't know how they like got the planets. Like they could have easily used yeah. Well, the some do- kind the doctor, of like laser. The thing. doctor referred to them as like transdimensional engineers or some what? some gobbledygook. Yeah, some jibberty jabberty like that. So that was what I thought it was. That it wasn't. They're they're not from Hogwarts. They're just super advanced technology. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. I What's your score? 4.5 um toothy faces. Toothy faces. <laughs> like, um, why does the teeth stick into his skin? Why he, are they he made jam, He jams them in. Why are they why are they them. made to be able to do jams that? Them in there. He takes the roots and he goes No, no, no. Um not much going on uh creep wise. I'll go 50 out of 500. Yeah, 50 as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I we said. We all agree. Theory. All right. All agree. Uh, theories, will they or won't they? So. My theory Corbin, The last thing I have for Corbin says, if ever, it will be next season. So we'll, we'll have to still wait and see on <laughs> so that. So vaguely, it'll happen in the future. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> nice comment. My, my, my prediction is maybe. Uh, Tripp said uh, it's going to take till the end of the season. So like, do you still think anything was happening? Like, I don't even know that we've talked about it in the last couple of They really of dialed it down because Yaz has not been That's part of the episode. Point. Okay. All right. I, what? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think that any, it's, it started and it's never going to get resolved. Like, it's just, I don't see anything happening with it. Okay. Like, it was fun for a moment there, but then like nothing happened. Gotcha. Okay. Um, then we asked who makes it out of the season. Trip said if Ryan and Yaz don't get together, Yaz is going to die. Ha. Wrong. wrong. And Corman said everybody lives, everybody stays. There's still Which, one more episode. Uh, no, we're done with the season. 
Okay. We've got a festive episode. We've got a, okay. Well, she could still die in that one. New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't? Okay. Would it not have been a perfect ending if Yaz had like sacrificed herself to kill? I don't think it would have been because it would have been a character we know not a whole it, lot about and we don't really care about just dying. If if Tim mm-hmm. Shaw had killed her at the beginning of the episode, guaranteed, Graham and Ryan murder Tim Shaw in yeah. this episode. Guaranteed. I mean, now like he's killed she two people they care she, about. She like tackled them down to like fire or something or acid or lava without like astrid <laughs> yeah. yeah the donkey kong barrels or whatever <laughs> um yeah that would have been that would have been interesting <laughs> the donkey kong. all right so uh moving along into the game plan we've got the um that that's it for season 11 that's we were just saying last night when we uh sat down to watch this like trip goes are we watching the season finale i was like yeah, yeah. Because A, there's only 10 episodes, and B, that's all we've been doing. We, we're still trying to, um, uh, to catch up just in case. And so next week, we're going to be covering the Who Year special. Uh, it's called Resolution. Remember, this is uh, Chib, one, one of the many things that Chibs did uh, that ticked off fans. Is he got rid of the uh, Christmas specials, did a New Year's special instead. So the New Year's special aptly named Resolution. Now, um, uh, that got me thinking, oh, yeah, I, we haven't really addressed viewing methods lately. So if if you are – we're still watching this on Amazon because I bought these as they came out. So we still have access to them. And so we're going to have to hop over into the Christmas specials uh, to, to watch this one because I think it's still bundled in with what's called the Christmas specials. And um, if you're watching this on HBO Max, the next episode, Resolution, is – number 11 in series 11 when you're looking at it on HBO max. So they just went ahead and bundled it, which makes sense so that you don't miss it. Like I did. Uh, makes me wonder now, did all the other Christmas specials get bundled in with their respective seasons? And I bet they did. Um, so we'll do resolution. And then unlike the, uh, rest of the world in real time, we will jump forward 364 days in just one week and do Spyfall after that, Spyfall Part 1. So what happened here is we had um, had a, a two-part premiere. So that you had the uh, Battle of Ranskorov Kolos was December 9th, 2018. Then New Year's Day of 2019, you had Resolution. And then New Year's Day of 2020, you had Spyfall, which is Episode 1 of, of Season 12. And uh, so those ran and wrapped up just before the pandemic. Mm. March 1st was the last episode there. And then you have um, another New Year's special that was New Year's Day of 2021. So, um, again, we kind of get the the year without a Doctor Who, except that yeah. technically New Year's Day, you got one episode. So if, you, if they had done a Christmas special instead of a New Year's special, 2019 would have featured absolutely no episodes of Doctor Who. So instead you get one. So uh, tune in for Resolution next week. That'll be what we're covering there. And until then, guys, remember that Noobs and the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin. Uh, Your audio engineer is this guy. I'm Tripp. Your production editor is that guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections. And shout outs as always to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. 
You can find us over at noobsinthewhoobian.com where you can find links to our social media, our email, big old subscribe button where you can find all of the places that we're listed. And wherever you did find us, make sure that you subscribe, like us, leave a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm in the Hoovy, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. Be whip. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what? That's going in the bloopers. <laughs> ah.